0: Hi, my name is Joy Stewart. I am the female ministry leader for Celebrate Recovery. And I'm just going to give you a little bit of information about us because you may have heard our name, but you may not know exactly what we do. So hopefully by the end of this service, you will have a great idea. And if not, you can stop anybody in these shirts and we will fill you in. First thing I'll do is I'll just introduce myself, how I would introduce myself in Celebrate Recovery. So I would say, hi, my name is Joy. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And I'm in recovery for abuse and the effects that it's had on my life. Hi, Joy. Thank you. So that's pretty much, you just learned a whole lot already. So that's great. Um, So Celebrate Recovery is a 12-step recovery program, but we are biblically based. We use scripture. We use the eight principles that are found in Celebrate Recovery. They're based on the Beatitudes um, in the Bible, and those are our foundations Celebrate Recovery itself was started in 1991 at Saddleback Church in Lake Forest, California by a man named John Baker. He was very um, much struggling with alcoholism. He worked in corporate America and was finding that attending AA wasn't enough for him, that he needed more. So he went to his pastor, wrote a 13-page letter and saying, you guys need to start this. And he handed it back and said, go ahead, start it. So John Baker did. He started Celebrate Recovery. He had only planned for this to be a ministry that was within his church and not really expand into what it is today. He had 45 people attend the first night. They've had over 15,000 people go through their program out in Saddleback. And it started then becoming statewide. Then it became nationwide. And it is now an international program that over 44,000 churches around the world use. So that's pretty awesome. And we're really glad to be a part of that. So, thank you. Celebrate Recovery has been in our church. We're going on our 16th year. And so we're excited to celebrate with you. Um, Our typical meeting time is Thursdays at 7 p.m. And at seven, we have a live worship as you saw today. And that is accompanied by a teaching or a testimony. Teaching would be based off the 12 steps. And the testimony would just be of how Celebrate Recovery um, through the work of Christ has changed somebody's life. Um, If you were, and then at eight o'clock, we break up into our small groups. They are divided by men and women. So we have women's small groups and men's small groups. And that's where we kind of share about what area of struggle we're having. Maybe it's, you know, sharing about your week. It's just the place to share safely. And if you're new to Celebrate Recovery, we wouldn't throw you in there right away we have a newcomer's orientation and that starts at eight o'clock also ben and i are in there and we have a few of our other leaders um, who come in and join us we will explain the program we answer any questions that you have we help you decide which small group you could would like to go to not everybody coming in knows exactly where they would like to be and one of our biggest things with celebrate recovery is anonymity and confidentiality And we find that that is so important when you're starting out in recovery. If I can use myself as an example, um, when I first came in, I was coming in for abuse. And the feelings and the emotions and the pain can be so deep and so overwhelming that you don't even know how to talk about it, let alone tell anybody else about it. So when you can come into an environment where you know that it's not going to be shared um, outside of your small group, it helps you kind of come to terms with what you're in recovery for. And when you're able to come to those terms, then we are able to share openly about what God's doing in our lives. Um, and that's one of the biggest misconceptions we have with Celebrate Recovery is that we're just kind of like a closed group. We're really not. We're open to everybody. We would love to have every single person in this room join us. But when you come, just know it's safe. This, what you share stays there. The other bis- big misconception that we have in Celebrate Recovery is that we're only for addictions. We do use the um, 12 steps that you find in AA and NA, but we believe that Jesus Christ is your only, or our only higher power, and he is the only way to lasting change. So we fill that gap in where there isn't, where they just kind of talk about the higher power. Um, But with that being said, because we use the 12 steps, it can be um, mistaken at times that we only deal with addiction. And we do deal with addiction. We have people who come in for addiction all the time. They feel at home. They find others that they associate with and have had many years of sobriety and change through Christ. But two out of the three people who would come in to celebrate recovery are coming in for something different. It could be anger, it could be abuse, it could be codependency, maybe it's being in relationship with the addicted. Whatever area that you're struggling in, we have a place for you. And you're getting ready to watch a video that was made of people who came in to celebrate recovery, and when they came in for the first time, anonymity and confidentiality were precious to them but the Lord has told them, okay, it's time. It's time to break that anonymity. It's time to show how I have changed your life and give back the hope to other people. Thank you.
1: Well, when I first came to Celebrate Recovery, I felt like I was just completely lost. like. I was struggling a lot, and I had gotten to a very dark place in my life.
2: My marriage was in uh, disarray, and I was looking to get my life in order more with God. I was uh, clean for a little bit of time, and uh, I used Celebrate Recovery to stay um, away from alcohol for the next 15 years. I am one of those that uh, struggled with alcohol and drug dependency for over 40 years.
1: I had a lot of trauma in my childhood, and then I dragged that right into my adulthood. I was in a very, very, very dark stage in my life, very depressed, a lot of anxiety, a lot of very difficult issues going on for many years in my life. I was and am an abuse victim, and I struggled with codependency. Although I did not know what codependency was at the time, I very much... Um, found my worth in what other people thought of me rather than what the Lord thought about me. I was living in a broken home, broken family, broken life, and um, we needed to restore that, and we were seeking a way. I just thought, I'm so low, like I don't know where else to go at this point, so I decided to
0: go to Celebrate Recovery. I was really nervous, I didn't want to go, and so I made up my mind that I was going to go one time and one time only, just to make my counselor happy. It was one of the first times in my life that I felt I was able to be vulnerable and I was able to be real and
1: not be faced with condemnation and not be faced with shame. I was able to see how I was being part of the problem.
2: And it wasn't until I was 50 years old that I walked, stumbled into this church and uh, found hope in the freedom of Jesus Christ that he brings.
1: I was able, through Celebrate Recovery, to make amends not only to myself but to the others that I've hurt.
2: They don't judge us, they don't question us, they just really want to share the hurts and the feelings that you go through each and every day.
0: I not only started connecting with women who understood my pain,
3: but we're also compassionate and wanting to hear my struggles. Uh, every Wednesday from 4:30 until 7 o'clock, four women who have completed the 12-step study drive into Philadelphia to the federal detention center, and there we take Celebrate Recovery inside. God does a work in you, and you don't even know it's happening. And suddenly, you're in
1: a place that you never thought you would be. Three years before.
2: CR has brought my family together, it has saved my marriage.
0: When I was unable to see Christ because the pain was so deep and so dark at times, these women showed me who Christ was and they were Christ to me.
2: met my wife there through Celebrate Recovery and now I have twins and a two-year-old because of Celebrate Recovery and uh, God has used this dramatically in my life.
1: I learned that there was family here and they helped me through all my struggles and all my hurts and, and whatever habits I had.
2: Celebrate Recovery was the springboard that brought me to the realization that I needed Christ in my life, I restored my family.
1: I've regained freedom and hope and encouragement for a brighter day. It has brought so much joy to my life to be closer to God because I was very distant from Him and for a very, very long time. One of my favorite things I love about CR is that it's gospel-centric. We're constantly hearing scripture through our testimonies and through our lessons about who God really is and that his love for me is not based on my circumstance and it's not based on the things that I have done or the things that people have done for me.
3: I have seen God at work. I have seen God in action because he is healing hurting hearts. He is transforming lives of the women in the detention center.
2: It has led me into the uh, CR inside. I now go into Fort Dix on Saturday Saturday mornings to do a 12-step group in there, taking hope to guys that have been put inside, and uh, just to show that God does work in our lives.
1: I didn't think my problems were that big, but I just want to encourage everyone and say that that your problem is never too small to be healed.
2: It it has changed my life and it, it is a wonderful ministry and we'd like to invite the whole church body to come check us out on Thursday nights. We're
1: just so happy to be given the opportunity to share about CR today and just let people know that there is hope and that you're never too far gone and that God's love is always going to redeem you no matter where you are. I was led to learn of God's grace and how he can restore our lives. There's nothing to be afraid of to come here to celebrate recovery because anything that you're struggling with, whether you think it's big or small or not important, it's not true. Because being here will be the start of your recovery. It will be the start of opening up a new life for yourself. God is using celebrate recovery for his glory and teaching me who I am in Him. And so I can live in that freedom and have my chains broken and share the joy and the encouragement and the love and serve others and love on
0: others the way God loves me. In the midst of all of our sufferings and in our pain, that Christ is our hope, that He brings our healing. And when we are unable to see that within ourselves or to see Christ in the midst of the darkness, He uses other people in community, and that's what he does with the people of Celebrate Recovery. And we would love to have you join us every Thursday night at 7 p.m.
4: Great to be here with you today. There are, um, it's just a privilege to be a part of a faith community that would give a Sunday morning to talk about the hope of Christ through something like Celebrate Recovery. Uh, So grateful. Uh, This has been a part of our body for over 15 years. This is our 15-year anniversary. We just started our 16th year. And there's been lots of different changes over the years, and um, God has used so many different people to literally see Christ-centered change in hundreds of lives, and we rejoice in the hope that he brings. You have a sheet of paper that um, you came in with or the sermon notes if you grabbed one. It has the acrostic hope on it, and we're going to do a lesson uh, like we do at Celebrate Recovery, and we happen to be on Hope Next, and uh, it fits really well. Last year at the annual meeting, Um, Mark Waldman chairman of the board came and he talked about how he believes and how we believe God is calling us to a vision of hope as a church and many of the the church leaders got together and and really believed that God was calling us as a group of people around this concept of hope and what we wanted to be and what we want to be a part of is the fact that we are saying to one another and to our community that Jesus Christ does change lives he does it now, and he does it for forever. We believe that this um, way of Celebrate Recovery is uh, through these 12 steps is an incredible way of doing that. I want to give, give you two words. One is orthodoxy. Can you guys say orthodoxy? Orthodoxy. Ooh, you sounded so holy when you said that. <laughs> All right, one more time, rice, rich timber. Orthodoxy. Nice. Okay. All right. Now, orthodoxy is a set of beliefs, what you believe. Our church has a statement of faith, the Christian creed What we believe along the Apostles' Creed and the truth of the scripture is the orthodoxy, the structure in which we believe and hold to. And when we talk about hope, our orthodoxy here at Fellowship teaches that our hope is found in Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to teach you guys the word over here. The word is orthopraxy. (laughs) Okay, we're going to say orthopraxy. Orthopraxy. Okay, good. All right, and you guys remember your word, which is? Okay, good. Orthopraxy is what demonstrates what your real orthodoxy is. Orthodoxy, again, your set of beliefs, and we have that as a church, you have that as a person, um, and orthopraxy is the living out of that how your life actually practices what you believe. Ideally speaking, that, that you're always lining these up in a way that's comfortable to you. But if you're anything like me, there are times when I really hold to these beliefs in my head, but realize not they're not as lived out in my everyday life. Hope is one of those categories where my orthodoxy says that this hope is found in Christ as revealed in the scriptures, as demonstrated through, um, through historically coming here, dying, living again, always having hope. In my practice, however, sometimes that hope is more fickle. That hope is more touch and go. The lights on my hope blink a little bit more than I want to. And where this reveals itself often is in how I think, and I go about my day. Very easy for me is to get lost in my head of my worries, which is why I'll introduce myself to you now as a pastor of this church and as a member of CR. My name is Ben. I struggle with pride and many machinations of fear, uh, which lead to codependency and control. (laughs) This worry that I struggle with Um, And what I say is I'm a professional, and um, if you ever wonder in your life how your life could fall apart and be ruined, come talk to me. (laughs) Within two moves, I will completely destroy everything you have and you hold sacred, right? I am a professional, imaginative worrier, and oftentimes I start worrying, and it's a demonstration, it's an ortho-practical demonstration that I'm not holding to what I believe like I thought I was. The way we often know, how if we're actually practicing the hope, we confess is how we approach prayer and how often we do it. But as we look at hope, it's something that means much to me and has come to mean much to me as I have gotten more involved in Celebrate Recovery. What Celebrate Recovery is, is orthopraxy. It is a way of living out the hope that we confess. It is a belief that Jesus Christ changed lives and it's let's get started. The H in your acrostic there is higher power, H for higher power. The higher power has a name and the name is Jesus Christ. Colossians 1.27 says, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. When we're talking about hope, when we're talking about a higher power to change, this is not a, a nebulous, a confusing. The reality of what we're talking about here is is Jesus Christ. It is uh, what this church believes is very much what is taught in Celebrate Recovery. It's not about self-effort. It's not about the magic of friendship or community. It's not just about the, the... the mechanics of going through and trying really hard and doing lots of things. Ultimately, there is a power that is higher than that which gets exhausted on our own. And that power has a name, and the name is Jesus Christ. Lydia Mosello started Celebrate Recovery here uh, those 15 years ago. And through God used her leadership as well as so many others And and Lydia really built a ministry that's, that's built on this idea. And Ralph also was always involved and connected and led this ministry recently. Joy has been leading for a while and so many other coaches and leaders that you see here today that are doing all the real hard work around here this morning. There's a belief that sits underneath that. There's a belief that underlies that and it's a belief that I believe it's, has passed through Lydia and Ralph and our leaders and coaches and very simply is this, Jesus Christ can change lives. The reality of that, everything is built, all of our hope is built that this power is high enough to do this. Your O in the acrostic is open to change, open to change. Something that um, is a principle that we teach in Celebrate Recovery is that you must earnestly believe that you matter to God and he has the power to help you recover. Why do we need to know that we matter to God? What, why is that important? I find that while we sometimes believe orthodoxically that God has the power to change, often the reason we don't live that out in our everyday orthopraxy is because we sort of think, yeah, but I'm not really worth it. But I can't really change. I've been in generations of this, this type of anger. Or, or I have this type of fear, and it's just kind of what I'm stuck with. I believe so important, and I know I've preached this before with you all, is is that we understand that while there is a capability, like human things, we realize we're not capable, we're not all powerful in and of ourselves, that's a deeply Christian teaching, that our capability or our capacity might not be able to do everything on our own, we teach that often, what we never ever can say is that we are worthless. Okay, it's not. It's not that I can't. It's it's not a matter of worth, even though we do have a capacity problem. The question of worth is never asked in Scripture over and over. Genesis one, Psalm eight. The whole story of the gospel is a message to say your life is worth fighting for, and people mean so much to God, and that when we come to recovery or looking at different areas of our life, it's. A, Really important to remember that our marriages are worth fighting for. Our habits are worth fighting for. Or the things we get stuck in are worth fighting for. You and I are deeply worth living out recovery. Um, we're going to have uh, Leslie come up and give a testimony. She works in the CR inside and uh, she's in the prisons And they've been doing this for a number of years. And there's a woman she's going to share a testimony of. And what I really love about this testimony is underneath this testimony, this woman has come to believe while being on the inside that her life deeply matters to God and that change can happen. Come on up, Leslie.
3: Hi, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm in recovery from fear and anxiety and codependency because my father was uh, an alcoholic. And you say, Hi, Leslie. Hi, Hi. Leslie. After an inmate uh, has completed all 25 lessons in the uh, four CR books, they are given a certificate and then they write their testimony. And here is one testimony. My name is Valentina. I am a firm believer in Jesus Christ. I am in recovery for sadness, anxiety, fear, anger, pride, control, trust issues, manipulation, food addiction, and so many other habits that I have developed over my lifetime. I stepped into recovery group on December 16th, 2015 and my life has never been the same since. Things look so different now. Celebrate Recovery has given so much meaning to so many activities and thoughts that I have had. I had to write a testimony about two years ago, and that is why today I choose to focus my testimony on just this one last year. The biggest change in my life has been recognizing that I have such a big ego. I felt I needed to be the best in everything. I needed to stay on top. I had to be the boss. I had to be the one in charge. I now understand that all of those feelings originated from fear. Fear of not having friends, fear of the unknown, fear of poverty, fear that I am unworthy and everyone would know it. Within the last one year, I have been able to ask myself and answer truthfully about what i am thinking feeling and wanting i am able to speak freely in celebrate recovery group i am able to journal daily and go back and read my words with understanding i do not have any substance addictions i have never been abused so why all the hurts and hang-ups and habits i ask myself this every day Celebrate Recovery has helped me identify the areas in my life that need to be worked on. Working the 12 steps has helped me identify my hurts, my hangups, and my habits. Step four and step 10 have been the most useful and the hardest for me. I had to search and make a fearless moral inventory and I had to make an effort to continue this inventory daily and when I was wrong, to promptly admit it. I had to look back, not only to identify who has hurt me, but also who I have hurt, especially my words have hurt others. It has been a real humbling experience, but it was healing, and that is what recovery is all about. It is about healing. We need to identify where we went wrong, ask for forgiveness, and find the courage to accept what we cannot change that only God can. I have seen God's mercy and grace and love toward me while I am here in prison. I have found the strength to be the woman God wants me to be going forward by putting the 12 steps into practice daily and it is not easy in here. Since Celebrate Recovery, I find that I think about other people's feelings more than I ever did before. I try to see the goodness in the people who surround me in here. I am now more sympathetic to their needs and their feelings. I believe God put me in this prison to break me down so that he can build me up I no longer hear my big ego anymore. I always ask myself, if I do this, will I honor God? I am letting go of anger and feelings of retaliation and revenge. I do a daily self-check to ask what I am feeling and thinking and wanting. I am finally letting God take control. I am filled with gratitude for this group. I am grateful for the dedication of the volunteers Thank you. And thank you for letting me share about God's work in a heart that has been transformed.
4: Thank you, Leslie. The P in your acrostic is power, power to change. Some of the groups, and you can see some of the groups that we have at our table in the lobby. Um, We're also looking to add uh, different groups, but we're dealing with sexual addiction, substance addiction, codependency, anger, um, people who are connected to people who might struggle with any of those things, as well as uh, many different areas of recovery Um, something that we're looking to start in this upcoming year is three different groups that we're praying about. One of them is um, dealing for women with the loss of a loved one. Another group that we're starting is um, women who've experienced betrayal in marriage. Group we're starting for the men is a group on depression and loss as well as many other of the groups that we have. But when you're dealing in this area, right? So what we say is we don't see people walk into CR usually on their best day, right? We say none of us come to CR on our best day because there is a sense of admitting that, hey, I need help in a certain category of life. But when you're dealing with these things and dealing with mental health and years of depression and loss of children and and, and sometimes decades of pornography or substance abuse, deep family patterns of fear or anger. When you're getting into this place, it's really trite and really cruel to talk about, oh, we can have change if there's not a God who's powerful enough to do it. It's, it's, a, it's a mean thing to, to walk into those devastating, systematic um, places in each of our lives. And something about Celebrate Recovery, usually walk in the door for one thing and you find out you got a whole suitcase of other things. You're like, oh, I got that. And I know some of you are out there like, oh, I got that one. I got a couple of those, right? I mean, that's, that's what we all experience in CR. This is recovery. This is what I believe about church as well. We are constantly in recovery from the kingdom of self to the glorious kingdom of God. But to say that, it's contingent on one thing, that Jesus Christ is powerful. And when we have a message of brokenness, we that's beautiful. We have a message of, of being messed up and not capable of a lot of things, in ourselves but we also have a message of the son of god whose death and resurrection and whose presence here now provides a way of lasting change he has the power to change and the e in your acrostic is expect expect to change this is probably one of the hardest things about hope right Hope is costly. If you get pinned in and you're, you've got you've got hurts and you've got some behaviors or some whatever things in your life, and, and it just feels like okay, I'm just gonna sit with this. I'm just gonna be okay. I'm gonna manage the rest of my life, even though this category of my life feels unmanageable. And you try to you try to get it stopped, and you learn to cope. Right? You learn to cope with what's going on and the level of happiness you're experiencing, the level of of success you're experiencing. But to hope for change is really risky. It's really vulnerable to say, hey, it could be different. It might be different. Because it's actually engaging that expectation that is often very difficult to do. We tell people, come in when we meet in the newcomers, and we just say, man, you're so brave for being here. You're so brave for being here. Why? Because it's taking a step. It's taking a step to, by God's grace, I'm embracing the hope, and I expect that God is big enough to create change in me. I've only been, I'm, I'm like, don't deserve to be up here with a lot of these people. I'm, I'm newer to celebrate recovery, Um, I absolutely love it. I very much believe in um, the Christ that it presents. I believe so much in our orthodoxy, and I believe so much ministries like CR and other ones to actually live into that by orthopraxy. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you again for your support for us. We're going to play a video of a poet. Her name is Hosanna And she's uh, been involved in the CR community, gone through it herself. Hosanna had experienced lots of abuse and lots of coping mechanisms that came as a result of that abuse and some things that she uh, deeply regretted. And she dealt with a lot of negative speak towards herself, a lot of um, feelings of worthlessness. But God has been redeeming Hosanna and she's got a very powerful way of speaking of the name that we have under the great name of Christ.
5: But God says something else about me. It's like he knew there would be other voices. So he wrote his voice down in a timeless book of truths that would remind us over and over again in the moments when lies would block his truths and somehow make us forget. I'm going back to the source, not the people I've allowed to represent God to me, but the actual, literal, tangible words that he has written down for me. And there's some other name. He's given to me. John 15, 15. He calls me friends. 1 Thessalonians 1, 4, he calls me chosen. Ephesians 2:10. he calls me his workmanship. He calls me his art. He calls me handmade. He calls me purposed and fashioned for good things. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, he calls my body a temple. He calls it the residence of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1, 8, he calls me his messenger to the world. Galatians 3:26. he calls me his child. Romans 5:8. Calls me greatly loved. John 8.36, he calls me free, free indeed. 2 Corinthians 5.17, he called me brand new. And it's amazing how different these names are from the names I'm used to listening to. And in my journey to discover who I really am, in my battle to uncover the truth of myself, I've learned something new about my name. And now this is what I am certain of. My name is is not the name the world calls me. My name is not the name my past called me. My name is not even the name my own mirror calls me. But my name, my name is the name I answer to. And I can choose today from this moment forward to answer to a new name. When I hear lonely, that's not me. When I hear disgusting, that's not me when I hear unworthy I don't even look over my shoulder when I hear broken they must have confused me please look elsewhere when I hear ugly abandoned useless forgotten I figure someone just has to remind them maybe those were my old names but they're no longer the names that I respond to my name is the name I've chosen to spend my days living up to and if these other voices are not is, I look in my mirror and I repeat this, they have no right to be speaking to you. When you stop answering to your old names, they stop having power over you. The names that my father, eternity's author, the world's creator has called me, are the only names that I answer to. When I hear, friend of God, that's my name. God's workmanship, that's my name. Perfect. The name you grew up with Maybe it's not the name your old friends associate you with Maybe it's not the name that your whole life You were used to identifying with But it's the name you now answer to So when the enemy tries to get to
6: to stand and sing with us.
4: Human beings, we are, we need hope. You can't live in, without it. And I know there are different seasons and different spaces in our lives where that hope count is high and where it's low. And what these people, these amazing people, and the many, many that are coming to celebrate recovery, we simply want to say, he's enough. Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, there are three great virtues that remain when all else fades, and that's faith, hope, and love. And he says the greatest is love, and here's why. Because the true belief that a God that loves like this, that's where hope and faith come from, and everything else comes from there. There's going to be people down here just wanting to meet with you and pray with you. If you're in a season where you're, you're having trouble with hope, you're having trouble getting to that next place and you need some help, and all we want to say is, oh man, you've got to meet our Jesus. And if you know him, come let's hang out together again because hope is not something to fabricate. Hope is to be known in the person and power and work OF JESUS CHRIST. NOW GO IN THE HOPE OF OUR LORD AND SAVIOR. WE ARE DISMISSED.